Hello and welcome to the Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The BBC presents Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in Paul Temple and the Conrad Case. Episode 5, A Dry Martini. They found her body about an hour ago. She was murdered. What the devil are you talking about? Betty Conrad's alive. What? She's here now in my office, sitting opposite me. But, Sir Graham, the body of a girl about Betty's age was found near here this afternoon. Breakshaw thought it was Betty Conrad. But why should they? Well, I suppose it was only natural. But tell me, is she all right? Well, there's nothing wrong physically. But she isn't normal by any means. She either can't or won't tell us why she left the school and how she got to London. Has she been drugged, do you think? No, I don't think so. There are none of the usual symptoms, anyhow. Where did you find her? One of Vosper's men found her sitting on a seat in Hyde Park. She looked dazed and ill as so he questioned the girl. To his astonishment, he discovered she was Betty Conrad. We telephoned Harley Street at once, and her stepmother came along and identified her. So there's no doubt that it is Betty Conrad? No, not the slightest. By the way, you might let her father know. I understand he's still in Germany. Yes, he's here in Garmisch. You might pass the word to Breckshaft as well. It'll save me phoning him direct. Yes, of course. Well, uh, I'll be in touch, Sir Graham. Yes, all right. Uh, my love to Steve. Thank you, and thank you for telephoning. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, what was all that about? Betty Conrad's alive. She's in London. What? Her stepmother's identified her. Is she all right? Yes, except that she won't talk. Well, then, what about this other girl, the one that Breckshaft found? Well, that's obviously someone else. But how could Betty Conrad possibly have got back to England without remembering anything? Sir Graham didn't say she can't remember anything. He simply said she won't talk. Do you think she may be frightened, too? Well, that's possible, of course. Perhaps when he gets back to London, her father will persuade her to talk to him. Yes. And that reminds me, I promised to get in touch with Dr. Conrad. Oh, dear. Hmm? It's just occurred to me that the inspector may have told him that the dead girl was his daughter. Yes. I'd better phone Breckshaft straight away. I am still bewildered by the news you gave me on the telephone, Mr. Temple. It seems so strange that this girl, this Betty Conrad, should have found her way to England. Yes. But, Breckshaft, what made you think that this other girl, the murdered girl, was Betty Conrad? Well, the dead girl was approximately the same height. Uh, also, she had the same colored hair. Uh, also, she was wearing a dress and shoes which had been bought in Bond Street, London. Ah, yes, of course. That would make you think it was Betty. Mm. Did you manage to get hold of Dr. Conrad? No, no, no. He was out when I telephoned his hotel. I left a message for him to get in touch with us as soon as he got back. Good. Now, Inspector, I'd like to take the coat that the dead guy was wearing and... Excuse me, sir. Uh, yes, what is it? Dr. Conrad is here, sir, and we'd like to see you. Ask him to come in. Will you please come in, sir? Thank you. Ah, good evening, Dr. Conrad. I, I think you know Mr. Evening. and Mrs. Temple. Good evening. Yes. There was a message at the hotel, Herr Breschaft. That's right. I telephoned you about an hour ago. Is it bad news? On the contrary, sir. It's very good news, so far as you are concerned. Your daughter is in London and apparently quite safe. In London? Sir Graham Forbes telephoned me. Betty was actually in his office at the time. And she's all right? Yes, I understand so. 
Except that she refuses to talk. You mean she refuses to give an explanation of her disappearance? Yes. Dr. Conrad, has your daughter ever suffered from amnesia? No, never. If she had, I should have told the police about it long ago. Well, no doubt you'll talk to her when you get back to London. I most certainly will. And if you feel she's deliberately concealing anything, either from fear or any other reason, let Sir Graham know. Of course. Meanwhile, I'm very grateful to you, Mr. Temple, and Herr Breshart, of course. I'm only sorry we could not be of more help. Oh, no, you've been most helpful and more than kind. Betty is safe, thank God. That's the main thing. Yes. Uh, give me a ring when you get back to London, Mr. Temple, and I'll let you know how Betty's getting along. Thank you, I'll do that. Goodbye, Mr. Temple. Goodbye, Dr. Conrad. Oh, I'll see you out, Doctor. Oh, thank you. Well... What now, Paul? I want to have another word with Breckshaft. Then we'll go over to the school and break the news to Mrs. Weldon. Oh, I was forgetting Mrs. Weldon. I expect you'd be delighted. Well, of course I'm relieved the silly girl's all right. But I should have thought Herr Breckshaft would have been in touch with me personally by now. I told him I was seeing you, Mrs. Weldon. He probably considers that quite sufficient. Well, I don't. It was his duty to inform me straight away. But Herr Breckshaft didn't actually get the message. I got it. I don't think you quite understand, Mrs. Weldon. It was my husband that Sir Graham telephoned. I fully appreciate that, Mrs. Temple. But nevertheless, there's a certain etiquette in these matters. Incidentally, does Elliot, uh, Mr. France, know that the girl's all right? I haven't told him. I trust that's not a breach of etiquette, Mrs. Weldon. No, but I think the poor man should know. He's been so terribly worried, although I can't imagine why. Mr. France was a suspect, that's why. A suspect? What on earth are you talking about? You'll forget he was supposed to have invited Betty to tea on the day she disappeared. But surely no one in their right senses would have considered for one... What is it, Maria? Countess Decker, Mr. France are here, madam, and would like to see you. Oh, come in. We were just talking about you, Elliot. Oh, really? Have you heard the news, Elizabeth? Yes, Elsa. We've just been discussing it, but how did you know this that... This must have been a great shock to you, my dear. I can't tell you how sorry we are. Uh -huh. Mr. Temple, there's something I'd like to know. When the body was found... What body? Elliot, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Betty Conrad. I thought you said you knew. Elizabeth, haven't you heard? Betty's dead. They found her body. Mr. Temple, Temple, what is yes. this? I thought you said Betty was in London. She is in London. What? I had a telephone message from Sir Graham Forbes about an hour ago. But that's impossible. They found the poor girl this afternoon, dead. That wasn't Betty Conrad. Are you sure? Absolutely sure. I told you, Betty Conrad's in London. Then if it wasn't Betty Conrad they found, who was it? We don't know yet. The police haven't identified the body. Oh, heavens. What is it, Mrs. Weldon? Elizabeth. What's the matter? What is it? Just occurred to me that if it isn't Betty... The dead girl isn't June Jackson, Mrs. Weldon, if that's what you're thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're sure it isn't? Quite sure. In the first place, June and Betty Conrad are quite different in appearance. There could be no question of confusion. And in the second place... Well, go on. In the second place? In the second place, Mr. Franz... I have my own reasons for knowing that the dead girl could not possibly be June Jackson. made you shut up like a clam about June Jackson. <laughs> Did I? Yes. You got all mysterious and refused to explain anything. How can you be so sure that the dead girl isn't June Jackson? Because I happen to know that June's back in America by now with her parents. In America? 
But how do you know? Because I planned the whole thing, darling. That you... was the point of the telegram from Sam Hinton. June Jackson was the parcel he referred to. You mean that Sam met her at Munich and put her on board the plane? That's right, darling. Why didn't you tell me about this before? Because I had no time for explanations. That's why I had to act quickly. Was June in some kind of danger? Uh, she certainly was. How did you find out about it? I looked into her eyes. You what? I looked into her eyes. Oh, and you... Steve, as soon as we get back to the hotel, I want you to start packing. Are we going back to London? We are. When? Perhaps tomorrow, perhaps the next day. Uh, maybe next week. Does this mean you're giving up the case? Darling, have you never known me give up anything? You gave up that diet you started. <laughs> Diets are different. They don't count. Well, they jolly well ought to. Well, look, Paul. There's Madame Klein. So it is. She's coming over. I should like to speak to you, Mr. Temple. Could you spare me a moment? Yes, of course. Shall we go into the small lounge? Thank you. Now, Madam Klein, what is it? What's worrying you? It's Gerda, Mr. Temple. Gerda? Yes, she's my assistant at the shop. You probably remember her, Mrs. Temple. The tall, fair-haired, rather good-looking girl. I believe she attended to you when you bought the blouse. Yes, of course. I remember her very well. What's happened to her? Well, she... She seems to have disappeared, Mr. Temple. Hmm? She went out to lunch yesterday and did not return to the shop. No one has seen her since midday yesterday. Have you told the police about this? No, not yet, Mrs. Temple, but I'm very worried... I thought your husband might be able to advise me. Well, I advise you to go to the police, Madam Klein, and then get in touch with the girl's parents. But I must confess I am rather frightened of getting in touch with them. Frightened? Yes, you see, Gerda's father is a wealthy publisher, but Gerda was not attracted by the book business. She was mad on fashions like so many girls of her age. <laughs> yes, yes. So her father paid a premium for her to join our shop at Munich. And when I came to Garmisch, they asked me to bring her with me and to keep an eye on the girl. And so you Then see, she lives in Garmisch. Oh, yes, she has a small apartment in the Barmerstrasse. I've seen her landlady, who said that Gerda left the flat just after lunch yesterday, presumably to return to the shop. And she didn't return to the flat last night? No. Hmm. You don't think there's a young man oh, in this? Oh, no, I'm sure it's nothing like that, Mrs. Temple. Madam Klein, tell me, did Gerda have a distinguishing mark of any kind? No, I, I don't think so. Well, why do you ask? Well, do you know of anything that would help to identify her? Oh, nothing. Oh, yes, there, there is one little thing that perhaps might help. What's that? She had two teeth missing uh, here at the side, and she wore a, oh, what do you call it, uh, a denture. I remember only this weekend she said that one of the teeth was loose and she must see her dentist about it. Mm, thank you. Now, look, don't worry. Leave this with me. I'll contact the police for oh, you. Thank you. Steve, take Madame Klein and give her a brandy. Yes, sir. I'm going to make a telephone call. All right, Paul. Hello? Hello? One moment, Mr. Temple. Your white shaft is coming. Ah, thank you. Mr. Temple? Ah, Breckshaft. I've just had a visit from Madame Klein. Oh, yes, yes, from the dust shop owners. That's right. Mm -hmm. It seems her assistant, a girl named Gerda Holman, has been missing since midday yesterday. Yes? My wife knows this girl by sight and says that her description would tally roughly with that of Betty Conrad. All right, I'll look into this. 
I think I know what's in your mind. Thank you, Bexar. I'll ring you back if there's any news. All right, thank you again. Goodbye. Herr Temple, please. Yes? What is it? Uh, a lady asked me to give you this note, sir. Oh, thank you. Just a minute. Uh, that's all right. I'll see you to it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, hello, dear. I've been looking for you in the lounge. Uh, Madame Klein decided that she didn't want the drink after all. Did she say anything else after I left? No, nothing of importance. I think she was quite genuinely distressed, don't you? I don't know. It's very difficult to tell with some women. I shouldn't be surprised if she isn't a pretty good actress. Hello? Oh, good evening, Mr. Temple. This is Dennis Harper. Oh, hello, Harper. I thought I'd give you a ring just in case I don't see you before I go back to England. Are you leaving Germany, then? Yes. This Conrad case has had some repercussions on my career. I thought it would eventually. It's all these confounded police inquiries. Oh, it was just routine. I told you that. Well, I'm afraid the bank directors don't look at it that way. Well, won't you be glad to get back to London? No jolly fear. I'm just a cog in the machine over there. I don't even dash out for a cup of coffee when I feel like it. It's too frightfully depressing to even think about. Um, there's no news of Betty, I suppose. Yes, as a matter of fact, there is. Oh? She's been found. Oh, has she? Well, we've been expecting it, haven't we? Well, that rather depends. She's alive and apparently quite well. Alive, did you say? Yes. You sound surprised. Well, I am. It's never wise to jump to conclusions, Harper. No. No, I suppose it isn't. This is on the level. I mean, Betty is all right, isn't she? Yes, yes, she's quite all right. Well, it's very good news, I must say. I'm glad you think so. Well, goodbye. Give my regards to Mrs. Temple. Thank you, I'll do that. Goodbye, Harper. Was he pleased to hear about Betty Conrad? Well, I don't know if pleased is quite the right word. He appears to be more concerned about himself at the moment. In what way? The bank have transferred him to London, apparently under the impression that he's mixed up in this Conrad affair. Ah. So I suppose from his point of view, it's a bit ironic that Betty Conrad should have turned up after all. Still, he knew her quite well. If he'd been murdered, he would have been a suspect, along with Elliot France and Candace Decker. Yes. You know, it's rather curious, Steve. When I told him that Betty had been found, he immediately jumped to the conclusion that she'd been found murdered. Well... Perhaps he'd heard about this other girl, the one that Beckshaft told you about. He didn't say so. Well, of course, it isn't easy to judge a person's reaction on the telephone. It isn't easy to judge Mr. Harper's reactions at any time. It's quite crowded in here tonight, Paul. Mm. Would you like a drink, darling? You must be tired after all that packing. No, I won't have one, thank you. I'm surprised I haven't heard from Brickshaft. I expect the poor man's rather bewildered at the moment. He probably... Oh, here he is. Ah, hello, Inspector. Oh, good evening. I was passing the hotel, so I thought I might just as well drop in and see you instead of telephone. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, would you like a drink? No, no, thank you. Well, is there any news? Yes, you were right. There's no doubt that the girl we found is the one who was missing from the dress shop. Gerda? Well, that's one step forward anyway. Have you any idea of the motive? No, no, not at the moment. I've interviewed Madame Klein, but apparently she knows very little. You can't trace any association with the people we've questioned. Harper, for instance. Elliot France. Countess Decker. 
No, no, no. It looks as if this is a completely new case, Mr. Temple. I think we have no alternative but to treat it as such. You think so? Yes, yes, I do. From your knowledge of police routine, you'll appreciate that side issues can be most distracting, especially in a murder investigation. Surely that rather depends on the side issue. However, I see your point, Breckshaft, and of course I wouldn't dream of intruding. In any case, we were thinking of going back to London tomorrow. So soon? Yes. Well, uh, there's very little point in staying, I suppose, now that the case is over. I didn't say the case was over. But the girl has been found. Uh, According to Sir Graham, she is perfectly all right. Yes, but in my opinion, there's more to this case than just the disappearance of Betty Conrad. Yes? Yes. However... If there are any new developments, no doubt you'll be getting in touch with Sir Graham. Of course, immediately. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night, Herr Bradshaft. I hope we shall see you in London very soon. Thank you. Good night, Bradshaft. Goodbye, and I am greatly obliged to you for all the help you have given us. I hope you have a pleasant journey. Thank you very much. So, you've made up your mind, Paul. What do you mean? About returning home. Oh, um, yes. Well, I shan't be sorry. I like it here, but it's always nice to get back home. When do we leave? Well, that rather depends. On what? On whether I get a cherry with my dry martini. Darling, you never get a cherry with a dry martini. Mm. We shall see. Paul, this is the road to Oberammergau, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm, it is. Are we going to the Hotel Royal again? Yes, darling. I thought we might have dinner there. Food's awfully good. Oh. Hmm? We are not dashing out to Oberammergau just because the food's good. (laughs) What's all this about? I'll explain later, Steve. Oh. Why are we stopping here? This isn't the Hotel Roymer parking place. I didn't want to drive into the hotel courtyard. We're going there for dinner, aren't we? Yes. Well, I don't see why we shouldn't park the car. Listen, darling, let me explain. Mm-hmm. After I telephoned Breckshaft this evening, I was handed a note. It was from Mrs. Gunter. Oh, what did it say? That she wanted to have a word with me about Betty Conrad. She said she knew Betty was alive, but there was something I ought to know. Then it looks as if Joyce Gunter is involved in some way. That's what we have to find out. Anyhow... She suggested we should dine at the hotel this evening, and she told me to leave the car here, under this tree, just out of sight of the hotel. Why? Well, apparently I'm to order a drink, a dry martini. If there's a cherry in it, by mistake, that means she'll slip out and meet me by the car. And supposing there isn't? Then we'll try again tomorrow. Hmm. She obviously wants to talk to you privately without someone else at the hotel seeing her. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the obvious assumption. Who do you think she's frightened of? Her husband? Yes, that's my guess. Now, the point is, Steve, I've got to have some excuse for coming back to the car. Yes. i tell you what we'll do. I'll leave my handbag here in the car, and then if the cherry turns up, I'll ask you to fetch it. Jolly good idea, darling. Come on, let's get moving. Why, 
Why, Mr. and Mrs. Temple, how very nice to see you again. Ah, good evening, Herbertan. We thought we'd like to have dinner here again. This may be our last visit to Abramagar. So you are returning to London? Yes, I think so. I wish I were coming with you, Mr. Temple. It would be good to meet some of my old friends. Oh, good evening, Mr. Temple. Oh, Hello, good evening. Mrs. Gunter. Mr. Temple tells me he is leaving us, Joyce. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I think this calls for a farewell drink. Yes, yes, of course. Mrs. Temple, what can I get you? May I have a sherry? Of course. And your husband? I think I'll have a dry martini, if I may. I'll get them, darling. Court is rather busy at the moment. Oh, thank you, my dear. I hope this will not be your last visit to Oberhammergau, Mr. Temple. I sincerely hope not. We like the country very much, don't we, darling? We do. We had a lovely drive this afternoon out to Schelmgau. Ah, yes, it is very beautiful at this time of the year. You know, Herr Gunther, I have a vague idea we met once before, a long time ago, at a film studio. Oh, yes? Were you ever in a film called The Man with a Thousand Voices? The Man with a Thousand... No, I don't think so. Although I made several films, of course... You know, I never can remember the titles. No. This film was made at Elstree. Oh, yes, it is possible. I suppose we may have met Mr. Temple. I had small parts in two or three very important films that were made at Elstree. But most of my acting was done on the stage, you know. I much preferred it. Yes, I can understand that. Here are the drinks. Mrs. Temple, your sherry. Thank you so much. And Mr. Temple, dry martini. Oh, I've got a cherry in my drink. Oh, dear. Shouldn't I put a cherry in a dry martini? It's all right, Mrs. Gunter. I'll have it. I love cherries. It's a good job Mr. Temple isn't an American, or you'd be for the high jump, my darling. <laughs> well, skull. Here's to a pleasant journey, Mrs. Temple. Thank you very much, Mrs. Gunter. Give my love to Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> have you reserved a table for Mr. Temple? Oh, no, I haven't. I'll see about it straight away. Uh, will you excuse me? Yes, of course. We are rather busy this evening. Well, we'll see you later. Oh, Paul, I, I think I've left my handbag in the car. Oh, did you, darling? All right, I'll get it for you. I shan't be a minute. You'd better get into the car, Mrs. Gunter. There's less chance of your being seen. No, I, I can't stay long, Mr. Temple. Otherwise, he'll get suspicious. But I had to see you. I had to warn you. Go on. You've got to go back to London. You've got to drop your investigations now, tonight. And if I don't? If you continue to make inquiries about Betty Conrad, about why she disappeared, you or Mrs. Temple will be murdered. Murdered? Yes, there's no doubt about it. <sighs> Mrs. Gunter, I realize you're trying to help me, but unless you can be just a little bit more specific... I can't go into details. Can't or won't? You know I'm taking a risk by talking to you like this. A greater risk than you'll ever realize. And now I'm going to give you a piece of advice... Oh, Mr. Temple, I hope for your own sake and for Mrs. Temple's you won't forget it. I'm always prepared to take good advice. When you get back to London, someone will try to get in touch with you. Someone? A man called Smith. Have nothing to do with him. London's full of people called Smith, you know. Well, this man calls himself Captain Smith. Now, remember what I'm telling you, Mr. Temple. Whatever happens, have nothing to do with him. Everything all right, dear? Yes, I gather we'll be boarding the plane in about five minutes. I've sent Charlie a wire asking him to meet us at the airport. Oh, he'll adore that. Nosing around the airport's one of his greatest joys these days. 
talk. If you hadn't talked to Joyce Gunter last night, wouldn't be going back so soon? Yes, she didn't influence me one way or the other. No, what I'm really interested in, Steve, is having a talk to Betty Conrad. Paul, do you think Joyce Gunter was sincere last night? Do you think she was just putting on an act? No, I think she was sincere. She was also frightened. When a person's frightened, they tend to exaggerate. In other words, you don't think we're in danger? Oh, I wouldn't say that. But I think it's the sort of danger we can cope with. At least, I hope so. (laughs) I was just going to say, famous last words. (laughs) Anyway, it'll be good to be home again. There are 101 things I want to do. Mm, I bet I know what one of them is. What? You want to make inquiries about Captain Smith. Steve, you can read me like a book. I ought to by this time. Well, I did intend to have a word with Buster about it. If the man's got a record, there's an outside chance... Excuse me, sir. Um, yes? These flowers are for Mrs. Temple. Oh. Oh, aren't they lovely? Thank you very much. Who sent them, do you know? Yes. The lady at the kiosk told me a Herr Brettschaft telephoned first thing this morning and ordered them specially for Mrs. Temple. Oh, how very kind. And they say our policemen are wonderful. <laughs> We're ready to go on board now, sir. If you'll come this way. Oh, thank you. You look exactly like a film star, darling. Oh, don't be silly, sweetie. You're my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Unfasten your seatbelt, Nasty. Oh, good. It was a pretty smooth takeoff, wasn't it? Yeah. Terribly tired. I think I shall have a sleep. <laughs> you get more like Napoleon every day. Napoleon? Why Napoleon? He could sleep anywhere, even on horseback. Well, maybe I'll try it sometime. <laughs> if I can find a nice, quiet horse. Excuse me, sir. Uh, yes, what is it? I think this note must have fallen out of Mrs. Temple's bouquet. Oh, oh, oh how long have I been asleep, darling? Oh, only about 20 minutes. Mm. What was the stewardess saying? She brought this note. She said it must have fallen out of the bouquet. Oh, that explains why there was no card. What does it say, darling? Steve, what is it? Paul, listen to this. There is a bomb on the plane. Tell the captain to turn back. That was the fifth episode of the Francis Durbridge serial Paul Temple and the Conrad Case, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. The part of Brackshaft is played by Geoffrey Siegel and Joyce and Fritz Gunter by Dorothy Smith and George Hagen. Production for the BBC by Martin C. Webster. <laughs>